0: Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Poznanski and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thanks for having me. You are very welcome. You are very welcome. We have a very very exciting draft coming up.
1: I would say uh, arguably the most exciting.
0: Yeah, I would say it certainly I've already written uh on Twitter that it is the most dangerous draft for sure <laughs> that we've that we've ever had. <laughs> I think that goes without saying.
1: Dangerous.
0: It's very, it's very dangerous. Very dangerous draft. Um but but very quickly, baseball season. We're yeah. here. Oh, it's baseball.
1: so baseball's happening.
0: Baseball is happening. How how great was Opening Day? Well, Opening Days. I don't. Yeah. You don't like that, right? I mean, we want Opening Day, right?
1: Well, I don't mind. Here, here, here's what I do. I mind one thing, and I don't mind one thing. The thing I don't mind is the idea that the season starts with like three marquee games, like a triple header, and then everybody else plays the next day. I don't mind that. What okay. I do mind is. You play on the second day, and then the third day, you, your team has the day off. Right. And, th- like, that draws, drives you nuts. Like, you've been waiting for so long. You've been waiting for six months for baseball games. Then you get one baseball game, and then you have a day off. That is not okay. That's not <laughs> okay. The whole point okay. of it is it happens every day. And to, to have a day, to have a, like an off day the day after opening day is terrible. Terrible. Why? Terrible. Why do they do that?
0: I don't. I don't know. I got to be on. I should find out. I'm sure somebody at baseball could tell me. Um, I don't know. I, look, I don't like. There are a couple of things I don't like. I mean, just my own personal uh, perspective. One, I don't like Cincinnati not op- being a part of Opening Day. I, I agree, just,
1: totally agree. It should
0: be right. It's like the Lions on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It just, it should just happen. And they actually opened in Tampa Bay. That was where where the the whole baseball season opened with the Yankees. And that's... I'm sorry. Don't do not do that. Just You're not
1: fooling anybody.
0: <laughs> not fooling anybody. Exactly. So I don't mind it. Like a three... I don't mind the three... You know, as long as the Reds are part of it. And, and Tampa Bay can be part of it. They just shouldn't be the opener. Um... And then and then I like having like a big full second day like that's kind of like a, a thing I don't know that I like it starting on Sunday that's kind of weird and I don't that know why weird. Yeah. they don't do it middle of the week but yeah the the then the the weird like nobody plays on day three and you're not really sure when your team is playing again and. I don't like the players have to be ready to play, right? They're they don't want it. They they'd rather have that day off down the road, right? I mean, they'd rather have that day off when they've you know, in the middle of a long road trip or or something. They'd rather have that day off later. It makes no sense to me that right the
1: answer, now. Obviously, the answer is money. Somehow or another, the answer is money, right? Like they have some kind of formula for how to maximize TV revenue by not cannibalizing the audience and showing it like they if they split up the number of you know teams playing there's some advantage that that you know what i mean like there's there's some it's got to be money that's the only reason they would do anything like this is money so whatever the reason is it stinks and they should get (laughs) rid of it and after this opening day you know three teams i think it should be cincinnati just for because it's fun right i think and then i understand i get the totally get the idea like the way the nfl starts you know, with like a usually like a, a sort of like a championship game, conference right. championship mat, rematch or whatever. I, I, I the, um Cubs Cardinals was a great idea for yes. opening day. That all, all that a lot of it is good. It's just that after that opening day m- three game marquee matchup, whatever you want to call it, the next day every team should play, and then the, and they should play the next day after that and the day after that.
0: Yes. No, that's right. I mean, they should just once it to get started because. Now it's like the time like people are kind of pumped up and excited about baseball and it's going and yeah that it's almost like that gap and you're right I'm sure there's some money reason for it but it's almost like that gap is like an excuse for people to go all right I'll check back in in July right it's like you <laughs> right. you're already telling me the season is kind of like uh, you don't really they're not playing today so you know I, I don't know when they're going to play again forget it I'm not, I'll I'll check in later And no, this is the time to like, and I do wish baseball would be more proactive. And look, I know the scheduling is extremely complicated and, and, you know, they have to have a, um, you know, an interleague game because of the way the leagues are split up right now. So that's weird. And I I actually did not think Boston Pittsburgh was bad. If you're going to have an interleague, you know, it's two historic clubs and, and, and all that's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. But I don't. I really don't know why we can't have like awesome first matchups. Like the Cubs Cardinals was great. Yeah, can't can't they like you know sort of match them up? Dodgers Giants. Uh, you know wh- whatever whatever you have to do to sort of give us like cool opening weekend things. And, and I realize again. That's a money thing, right? Cuz you those those games are going to draw on their own. You don't really right. need them on opening day. So I I understand all that, but it seems to me like baseball's pretty close on like having the perfect opening for their year, but it's like tweaks, a few tweaks here and there, and then yeah. def, definitely playing that third day. You got to. You have just got to. Yeah. But, you know, but, yeah.
1: But I agree. But,
0: but it was great, right? I mean, uh, how about so, what was your favorite moment? Just really, you know, your favorite moment is sort of in the early first two days of baseball.
1: It's hard to say. Almora's catch was pretty great in Chicago. I mean, funny. it wasn't like an all-timer. It wouldn't no. have made your list of the ten greatest home run robberies of all time, or whatever. Um, that was pretty great. I thought that, like, that. I thought all of the games were interesting in some way. Uh, I liked seeing the Rays win. Like, I mean, obviously yes. I was just going beat the <laughs> Yankees. But, um, you know, I uh, – oh, I thought that the catch um, – who, who was it who made the uh, – oh, Buxton. Buxton made a great catch in Barnabas. Minnesota. Yeah, that was a yeah, great Yeah, that, that was a great catch on a low-line drive. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, a lot of – I mean, the best play – maybe at by the time we get to the end of the year, one of the five best plays of the year was that Manny Machado play. Oh that, I mean, that, I, I, I've watched it a hundred times now and I don't understand how he makes that throw. <laughs> he has no momentum. He flips it submarine style all the way across the diamond from his knees, falling away. On his knees, falling away from He's first base. falling
0: basically. away. That's the thing. So he dives yeah.
1: for the ball and backhands it. And he of- essentially throws it on the fly. The, the ball, it actually does short hop just barely. But like... Uh, it's an impossible play. He he does this so often. He and Arenado make impossible defensive plays so often. We are in danger, even though they're both like in their mid twenties. We're in danger of taking them for granted. Already. I know,
0: no, I, it's it's really true. I that that Machado play. You know, it's it's sometimes you can get fooled a little bit. And if you've ever been, uh, you know, on a on a regulation major league diamond, ninety feet, you know, between the bases. That throw is like full momentum is hard to make. That's a yeah. long, long throw, yeah. and he just kind of flips his wrist from the knees, and and he's falling backward. That's the the best part to me. It's like it's like he's almost using some sort of slingshot or something, and falling backward flips it under. I it, it's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. But I think we're actually in danger of taking for granted a lot. I mean, opening day, Mike Trout. Hits not just a home run, but like a ridiculous never more than like ten feet off the ground line drive, yeah, absurdity, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that's Mike trout that's what he does it's machado that's what he does and and you know I, I i I do get the feeling that these incredibly young players who are just amazing. That were almost like yeah okay what, what what else what else you got like who's <laughs> <laughs> what's next you know and that's uh, I don't think it's bad I mean I you know I think people uh, you know appreciate that but uh, but yeah I did I did I think that was my favorite play was the Machado Machado play although I mean. Correa hit, like, a 7,000-foot home run. I mean, that was oh, awesome. God.
1: That was ridiculous. That's <laughs> ridiculous. one of the—I mean, visually one of the longest home runs I've ever seen in that stadium, just yes. off the bat. It was it was absurd. And, I, I, look, I'm a broken record. I don't know how many times I've said this now, but I just cannot believe the number of incredible young players players it's it's i mean all of these guys we're talking about every single one of them is like 27 or below below right buxton machado correa i mean trout (laughs) (laughs) arenado like the every single guy we've mentioned who just happened in a small sample size to do something amazing opening day or or day two they're all these are all young guys it's just incredible i don't understand it i don't like i don't know what happened like 27 years ago i don't know what what was in the water throughout the entire nation and also all other nations that send people to the big leagues but they it's just this absurd and we haven't even heard it's only been 2 days we haven't heard from so many other. We haven't heard from Altuve. We haven't heard from Mookie Betts. We haven't heard. Ben Benintendi hit a home run and a three Benintendi run homer. An opening,
0: Bryce Harper hit an opening home run. Bryce Harper hit an opening
1: day home run. Like yeah, which is what? How many is that? Six for him now. Yeah, he's five, six
0: homers. five homers in five games. Five homers in <laughs> five opening days, which is nuts. And one in each of the last three. So now, like that's just right. he's always going to hit home run on opening day. Yeah. You know, it is interesting. I mean, this is. I don't want to get off on this tangent because we do have this very very dangerous draft coming. Very dangerous. Been, very yeah. Dangerous. Um but here's the weirdest thing these guys grew up all of them essentially grew up in the Barry Bonds era of baseball right they right. grew up in that time and that's what they know that's you know that's when they were 8 9 10 years old that was that was what they were growing up with these guys doing ridiculous impossible things we all know you know what what the the game was like back then what was behind it all but you do wonder you know, like how much that influenced like Oh, man, you know, because they took the game, regardless of how you feel about the, you know, how fair or unfair it was, whether it should be an asterisk or no, whatever, they took the game to places it had never been before. I mean, people were hitting home runs like never before. Uh, The game was at a level. We saw pitching like never before, which is so interesting. Like, during that time, we saw Pedro, and we saw Randy Johnson, and we saw Greg Maddox, and we saw Roger Clemens, and we saw these dominant, dominant pitchers. Baseball, like for what, you know, whatever reason you want to use ticked up to this extraordinary level that was definitely different than the previous 25 years. As great as baseball was then too, it was at a different level and that's what these guys grew up with. I do wonder if that played a role,
1: you know. Yeah, well that's what everybody says now about basketball, right? It's like 10 years from now. Yes. It's going to be a million Steph Curries. <laughs> like right like we're still we we still have Guys in the league like Lamarcus Aldridge and who, you know, and like, you know, Boogie Cousins and stuff who play down low and who are like, you know, seven footers defensive. But now it's like, you know, uh, Porzingis comes into the league and he's just bombing from three. Bombing. And so now you think, like, wow, so 10 years from now, after this crazy run of Steph Curry, I tweeted the other day, Steph Curry, everyone's like, ah, Curry's not as good as he used to be. <laughs> Steph Curry now has, is. He has uh, over 300 three-pointers made this year. Right. We, no one else has ever done that. He, The only other person who's done it is him last year when he had over 400. And he's only shooting like 40% from three instead of 45% or whatever. And obviously, he's a volume shooter. But he's made 300 three-pointers. No one had ever done that before ever in the history of ever. And he's now done it two years in a row. And, and so you wonder, what is the league going to look like in 10 years? Every, I've said this before, too. Every... My son is nine years old, and every kid running around his school and every school in L.A. is wearing a Steph Curry jersey. Yes. Like they're all. A lot of them are Laker fans. A lot of them are Clipper fans. They're all Steph Curry fans, and you just have to believe that the league in ten years, five, ten, fifteen years, is going to be nothing but Steph Curry's.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's there's so much about Steph Curry. I, I don't know if you saw uh, him doing the. Whatever version of carpool karaoke he did on James Corden the other day, uh, but it was they, they played mini golf together and you know sang Disney songs and and my daughters who care nothing about uh, basketball or sports really in general are in love with Steph Curry as is everybody. In fact, yeah. I think at some point you know we've done our what is Theo Epstein's next job draft. What is Steph Curry's next? I mean, that's the same thing. It's like Steph Curry should be president of the United States. He should just uh,
1: be—he should be a, an ambassador to everywhere from everywhere.
0: From everywhere, exactly. Right? It's like
1: anytime anyone has any problem anywhere, you get Steph Curry to go handle that problem, and that's he'll it. just yeah. walk in and go like, "Guys, come on, let's have fun," <laughs> and then everything will be fine. <laughs>
0: no, it's true. So you have this. So you're right. Every kid is going to want to be Steph Curry no matter how tall they are, no matter what their body. So we're going to be seeing like seven, five guys like who are nowhere near the paint. They're just shooting from like half court. You know I mean? That's the, I don't know what even the next generation Steph Curry could even look like. Cause how could you be like better at what Steph Curry does than Steph Curry is? And yet, you know, I mean, this is, this is how it goes. This is evolution. There will be another, like, Steph Curry-like person, but he'll be bigger, and he'll, like, shoot from even further away, and he'll make an even higher percentage of shots, and you're just... It's it's mind-boggling. It's yeah. mind-boggling, you know? Uh, because I think that's... Right? LeBron is is the bigger, stronger Michael Jordan, right? That's who he grew up with. Right. And so he wanted to play like Michael Jordan, which he does, um, but he's way bigger and way stronger. So it's, you know, it's like a... it's It's the next generation. So... I I just the thing about Steph Curry that I want to say is it never ever ever grows old. I don't care no. how many times every time the Golden State's on I'm like, "Oh, I got to watch this, I got to watch Steph Curry." I I've seen pretty much everything Steph Curry can do, although he made that behind the back pass the other day that was ridiculous, <laughs>
1: like after hitting two crazy threes in like 13 seconds. <laughs> Then he threw an insane behind-the-back, perfect behind-the-back pass to Iguodala. Oh, it, feels like, it feels like the, uh, you know, there's a rumor Durant's coming back Friday and Golden State. Golden State, again, it's like, well, they're not as good as they won last year. They're going to win like 67 games <laughs> exactly. or maybe 68 games. They're going to have like, you know, one of the 25 best seasons in the history of the NBA. And it does feel like right now like they 're hitting their stride. I know this isn 't the point of this podcast,, no, but it 's talking about basketball, but it de- definitely it feels to me like they 're like all right time to time to destroy everyone
0: <laughs> well, and it does feel like this year, unlike last year it it feels like nobody else is peaking I mean you know San Antonio is always Interesting and and they'll be good and that's fine and and you know and and you know there's it's fun to watch Houston and it's fun to watch Oklahoma City the Cavaliers might put something together Boston's kind, kind of, of, of fun to
1: watch the Celtics I gotta yeah, say yeah I was
0: gonna say Boston's kind of interesting Toronto's even kind of interesting the East yeah the East is about ready to be it's not going to be as good as the West but it's about ready I think to get good again where there's like three or four teams that are going to be pretty good yeah um but but Golden State's like you know four truck loads ahead you know there're four four trucks ahead on the highway you know it's like they're just they're they're way out front so they have
1: a, like a 12 length lead at the, yes. t- the final turn yeah
0: <laughs> which seems like it'll be enough but you know i guess we'll see all right we've, we've put this off long enough it's time uh for for the for the our dangerous draft yeah. we are drafting sandwiches and that right. is what we are drafting and i have the first pick so um
1: yeah so before we do anything and we there wait, wait. there needs to be some discussion here i um, can't just
0: go ahead and
1: no 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 uh the way this works is that either of us has a, a chance to veto the beginning unilaterally veto the commencement of the draft <laughs> subject to certain trade discussions it and when trade those trade discussion. discussions are resolved, then you can go ahead. So, I see. That makes sense. So you have the first pick in the draft. I have a vested interest in ha- in owning the first pick in this particular draft. You would like
0: to have the first
1: pick. I would like to have the first pick. Now, in the past, what we've done is basically – we haven't really done trades. We've basically just flopped the order. Right. Like we basically – like we. it's not like in the past someone has made a trade – where then you get to choose like three times in a row with like your number one pick, then my number one pick, then your number two pick. (laughs) We really just like essentially agreed to swap places in the draft. But I'm not interested in that because this is important to me. So I am offering you straight up my first and second round picks in this draft for your first round pick in the draft. So in other words, I would pick first, then you pick, then you would pick twice,
0: I'd pick in, three times
1: you pick three times in a row, yeah, so you would pick <laughs> you would use your first pick and then you'd get both second round picks and then we would go back into and then you would, you actually and then you'd have the, thir- the first pick in the third round. so you'd pick four times in a row. I offering. four
0: here. times in a row. That's what yeah, you're so looking you would, for. Me. So I would
1: pick number one, then you would pick number one. Then you'd pick both number twos, then you would pick three. So you'd get I would pick, then you'd have four picks in a row.
0: Four picks in a row. So you're basically yeah. trying to Mike Ditka me on this draft.
1: Well, I'm not even close to Mike Ditkaing you, but I w- <laughs> just so you know, I know this is a bad negotiating strategy, but I'm telling you straight up I will do that. I'm going to keep making you offers until you accept one.
0: Alright, so so I would get the your first, right. and your second, right, um, and and uh, for, for for the first pick, right. Okay, I need to put that into like you know my little you know how you have to have that chart.
1: How much know, value each how much value tra- each
0: yeah. pick has. Yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I am seeing a little gap, okay, uh, between what you've offered and what I'm you know with the number one pick in this particular draft, which I think has a very very high number one sure uh, player. Uh, I think I want Hamilton tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I I just feel like that would be fair. That it would, to me feels like the difference.
1: Why do you think I have Hamilton tickets?
0: I don't know. I just you're you're a big guy. You're a big star. Hamilton and, uh, is
1: coming. It is they just opened the uh the San Francisco uh uh touring edition of Hamilton. My my wife went to see it on a in a open in previews actually and said it was great. Really? Yeah. So and
0: no, she uh, saw it. She also saw it with the original cast. So she saw it, it.
1: She and I saw it with the original cast. Then she actually went twice more without me. Um, <laughs> seriously, in New York, and then and then also now has seen it in San Francisco. So she's well, seen it four times.
0: How did she like the National Charlotte? Is it actually coming to Charlotte? I don't know if it's the same cast. I think. They I think different it's different. Yeah, because
1: Yeah, because the San Francisco one is the West Coast one. I think that's coming to LA soon.
0: Okay, and um, how did she like it compared to the original cast?
1: She th- it was she had some very inter- she loved it, um, but she had, it was she said it's very interesting when you see, you know, actors playing these roles that are different from the actors that you know. Yeah. Like the whole thing takes on a different, a sort of different feeling. Like there's the, the Burr is different, and Wayne Brady's playing Burr in the uh, Chicago edition, and he's a very talented guy. That sounds like an interesting version of Aaron Burr. There's a you know every, everybody's different, and she was like it's a, it becomes a completely different show. Still one that is amazing and brilliant and wonderful. That's awesome. Um, but the point that's is, awesome. I can't – I can't look, I can't say, like, yes, you can have Hamilton tickets. All I can do is really is offer you picks yeah, in this picks. and subsequent drafts. So uh, you, I feel like you're resisting. I'm going to throw in my third-round pick now. So I pick –
0: So I would pick six picks in a row, basically. That's
1: right. So I pick, then you pick your first-round pick, then you get both second-round picks and both third-round <laughs> picks, and then you would pick first in the fourth round. So you would – you would in fact pick six times in a row.
0: Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's okay. what I'm going to do. Here's going to be my counteroffer because if I if I really pick six in a row, that, that that's no fun. That's that 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 ruins the entire thing of the draft. Sure. So, here's what I'm going to do. I will give you uh the the first round pick the first overall pick in the 2017 sandwich draft.
1: Okay.
0: Uh for your first round pick, we just swap picks. Okay. But I got your next two first-round picks. So for the next four uh, drafts, I will have the first-round pick. Done. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you don't have to talk to your GM or no, somebody? No.
1: <laughs> my, GM told, my GM authorized literally anything you offered me to accept on without debate. <laughs> All, right, All right. So we're done. flipping picks, and then you get the first pick. You get the first overall pick in the next whatever it is. What do you want? What did you say? Two, three, four drafts? You're, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can take them forever. It doesn't matter. Okay. With the first pick in the 2017 uh, sandwich draft, I'm picking a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
0: I'm shocked.
1: Shocked. It's the only sandwich that matters. It might be the only food item that matters. It's the only good kind of sandwich. It's the only sandwich anyone should ever eat. It's the only sandwich I like. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And by the way, I'm getting specific here. Crunchy peanut butter. Not sugary, junky uh, supermarket peanut butter. I'm talking... Crunchy like organic peanut butter. Organic.
0: So if you get crunchy Jif, that would not be good.
1: I mean, it'll do in a pinch, but okay. like no. But generally speaking, no. Too much sugar, too much gunk. Okay. I'm talking just crunchy organic peanut butter with nothing but peanuts, ground up, and maybe a little salt. That's it. Okay. Um, raspberry. Jam, not jelly, jam. Organic raspberry, raspberry jam. It has yes. to be raspberry? Yes. And then the bread is multigrain <laughs> or whole wheat, lightly toasted, cut in half, not diagonally. The way that you make this sandwich is you put the peanut butter on the piece of bread. Okay. You then put the jam on top of the peanut butter. Then you put the other piece of bread on. Then you cut it down the middle. That's the correct sandwich.
0: With the same knife. That's correct. That That is, that is how you, you do it. That's correct. Okay. See... A peanut butter and jelly sandwich you you have you have so many options with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you've basically limited just to the one the one incorrect way to do a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that seems. You've limited yourself because there's there there are other ways to do peanut butter. And
1: jelly I'm un, I'm so uninterested in what you're saying right now. <laughs> I couldn't be less interested in it. You're not it's even funny. listening to me. No, not even I, listening. I tuned you out so fast. I listen. the The pick is to be specific. Yes. The pick is peanut butter and jelly sandwich, multi grain or whole wheat bread, lightly toasted, crunchy organic peanut butter, organic raspberry jam. On on the same side of one of the pieces of bread, second piece of bread goes on. Cut it lengthwise, end of discussion. That's the first pick. I've already won the draft. It doesn't matter what you say now.
0: So technically, I could take a different kind of peanut butter and jelly sandwich with my first pick.
1: I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm telling you what I've done. I'm telling you what I have done.
0: You're not even. You're not even. That's it. You've you've Uh, moved on.
1: (laughs) I've moved on. It's, you
0: wanted yeah. to trade all these others because you don't even have another sandwich on your list.
1: I, listen, I I got I just got Andrew Luck, Michael Jordan, um, um, Earl Duncan. Campbell, Tim Duncan, and uh, and you know and and LeBron James in the same moment. It doesn't it's, matter what you say or do now. It's, it's it's over. It's
0: over. There's there's no way I could put together a team that could that could beat. Your peanut butter and jelly team. Correct. All right. What, when is the proper time to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And I know the answer is any time. But, I mean, is there a proper moment when peanut butter and jelly sandwich is at its best?
1: There are three ideal times. Okay. <laughs> uh, those times are uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So not snack. <laughs>
1: not, no, not I mean, that's snack. also uh, – let's so go ahead. There's four ideal times. <laughs> It's breakfast, lunch, dinner, or any other time that uh, the, the mood strikes.
0: All right. I will ask you this question, and then I'm going to start going on with the draft. Okay. If you had literally, and I don't think this is necessarily significantly different from the life you currently lead, but if you had literally to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every single meal, okay, how long would you go before you would say, I could use something else?
1: It's a good question. Um I mean obviously like the joke answer is never, but I don't right. think that's true. I think anyone who ate anything forever, you know, Eventually. no matter who, Yeah. I mean I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I could probably go like six months or something <laughs> like that. Six months. I'm yeah, four to, I'd say – to be conservative, I'll say four to six months where I could eat – where I could just eat nothing but peanut butter and jelly and be totally – I mean this is – we're obviously not taking into account any like health considerations here, right? Right, right. No, no health issues. here pure like whether I get sick of it or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, let's say – I'll say four to six months.
0: Okay. So let's say it was four – let's say six months. I'll, I'll Let's give you six months. Okay. At that point, you'd be like, I need something else. I need like whatever. It's a salad. We need something else. Just something that that else – at what point would you eat your next peanut butter and jelly sandwich?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh like how long does the palate cleansing have exactly,
0: to take? Exactly. Exactly.
1: I think after like I'm gonna say after like a day like let's say five meals or something. <laughs> or six meals <laughs> like a day, a day and a half or two days. Yeah, I think after that I'd be ready to get back on the get back on the on the train. <laughs> 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 All right, well I you know I totally agree
0: with you the peanut butter and jelly's number 1. Obviously that would have been my pick. Uh you know and I you know don't know that I did the right thing trading for the next million first picks overall <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> but there are a lot of good sandwiches on the board and we are going to still have one more controversy before this draft is over. I'm not going to make that controversy yet cuz I don't think that's right. Uh with my first pick uh for sandwiches and I feel like at this point I'm going for Full spectrum color rather than going for sort of the 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 sandwich that is sort of the go to that I want a lot because that is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so I'm going for full spectrum I'm gonna go with the Philly cheesesteak sandwich love a good Philly cheesesteak sandwich um love it really mostly in philadelphia i I will admit I will admit that it is the kind of sandwich and a, a lot of those things like the Philly cheesesteak. You know they'll do them in other cities, and you'll be like, "eh, it's about the same. It's not significant." I think like Chicago style pizza is not significantly different outside of Chicago than it is in Chicago. I mean, it probably is somewhat different, but I kind of feel like you can find pretty decent Chicago style pizza. You can find pretty decent chili wherever you're going. Uh, Philly cheesesteak, though, you want that in Philadelphia. I mean, that's really the thing. It'll it'll do in a pinch in another place. It's a great sandwich. Uh, I like it, the full-blown Philly cheese. I don't like peppers, uh, but I like the full-blown onions with, the with like, the cheese sauce on it. It's really horrible for you. Um, <laughs> but three times a year, four times a year, I have a Philly cheesesteak, and I feel really good about myself. So uh, my first pick, Philly cheesesteak. All
1: right. Uh, you know, that's never been my thing. Like, yeah, I don't like, – Yeah. I've never, I've never really been into it. Like, uh, there, you know, I, I kind of get it. When I've had a good one, I, I kind of get it. But, you know, I, you know I, I, I'm, frankly, I'm shocked that that's your number one pick. And wow. I, get, I, I get that there's a huge drop off after the the, the <laughs> well, only number one pick. But I'm
0: going for a different thing because I figured, you know, the number one overall pick is gone. And I traded it. I want to I build a really well-rounded team. So I've got um, a lot of sandwiches on my, on my board. I think Philly plays a great role.
1: Um, all right. Uh, my, uh, so wait, the only thing you, we just flip picks, and now I, you I, get the first pick. Yeah, There's no, fire 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 okay. Fire. okay, gotcha. All right. Well, I'm going to go with a breakfast. No, sandwich. no. sandwich.
0: So you're going to take, yeah, that's fine. Go with a breakfast sandwich.
1: Yeah. Wait, did you, did you take my second pick or not?
0: Well, that's what I was actually thinking should we should probably swap back. So I actually. Oh,
1: so one. you get. OK, you get yeah, pick so number two. two. Sure. I got. oh Of course, of course, yeah, of course, because yeah, yeah, you have the. So, so, OK, so forget right. I said breakfast sandwich. You go with whatever. You that's want.
0: fine. I am I'm not going to take a breakfast sandwich. I'm going to again. I'm going regional. I am going totally. Um, my feeling is that I want sandwiches from all over the country. Um, I'm going to go with a beef on whack sandwich. Have mm. you had a beef on whack sandwich?
1: I don't think I have.
0: It's a buffalo thing, um, and it is incredible. It's roast beef on this, this special kind of weck bread, which is like really a little bit salty and delicious. And it's very, very buffalo, which is great for me. I love buffalo. I love the city of buffalo. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where... At the, the kind of sandwiches I'm picking, in, picking with is, if I'm in a certain part of the country... It's the sandwich I would want to uh, have before I leave. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to have that sandwich before I leave town. So if I'm in Philadelphia, I've got to have a Philly cheesesteak. If I'm a buffalo, I've got to have a beef on whack. So uh, the fact you haven't had one, we can't have a full-length conversation on it. But if you did have one, you know your tastes are a little bit different, but I think you would love a, a beef on whack.
1: Uh, I'm a vegetarian now, so unfortunately wow. I can probably, I never taste the delight of the beef on wax sandwich. How
0: long have you been a vegetarian? I, I don't think I knew this.
1: Yeah, like uh, on, and, uh, on and off-ish for about three years now. Like, uh, yeah. like wow. I, I, My wife and I uh, took a trip for our 10-year anniversary, and I was like, all right, on this trip I'm not going to be a vegetarian because I just wanted to eat without thinking about it and stuff like that. So there's been like a couple, like two-month chunks and stuff but uh, okay. generally more far more than not for the last 3 or 4 years I know
0: I think that it's it's great it's a healthy thing it's awesome yeah. you're in buffalo you have to break away though and have mbeall
1: <laughs> all right deal all right so I'll go with a I'll go with my breakfast sandwich now a breakfast sandwich loosely defined we're talking about some kind of eggs cheese breakfast meat uh english muffin bagel toast whatever you get the basic idea bacon egg and cheese is the main kind of, uh, you know, version of this. Sure. Um, now I, again, being a vegetarian, I haven't had a, a proper breakfast sandwich in a long time, but the thing about a breakfast sandwiches, they're so good that you can remove the meat and it's still great eggs and cheese <laughs> and you know, uh, 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 on bread or English muffin is still a great sandwich. Yes. And it also is, um, it, it is like a, a, a sandwich that's so easy to make, that you kind of can get it anywhere and it will be good. You, it's like if these are such basic things, you know, if you want it like a Reuben or something and you're not in a, like a New York deli, you're right. really yeah. rolling the dice. Yes, <laughs> <You're true>. really, <laughs> really, <laughs> Yeah, like if or if you want to or if you want a um, like a, a crawfish like sandwich or like a, a po' boy and you're not in New Orleans, you're right. rolling the right. dice. But a bacon, egg and cheese or a, 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 a egg and cheese breakfast sandwich, you can kind of get it anywhere in the world. And you can—it's going to be pretty good. Right. So for utility and for just deliciousness, uh, it's the obvious. To me, it's the obvious number two pick.
0: Well, if you if you have the breakfast sandwich, which I love, a, a good breakfast sandwich. What is your what is your preferred choice of bread?
1: When I oh, for, of bread. Uh, now I, it's English muffin because I, because since I don't eat the bacon or sausage version of it, yeah. I, the, the English muffin adds a little extra breakfasty taste, you know, <laughs> the bag, the bacon, egg and cheese, the old bacon, egg and cheese I liked on just toasted like, uh, like sandwich bread, basically. Um, but but it, anything works. Bagel works. English muffin works. Regular like whole wheat, you know, toasty kind of stuff works. Like it's that's again, it's like a, a pretty no fault sandwich.
0: Yeah. Well, that that's what I was thinking you were gonna grab the bagel. Yeah. yeah. The bagel is bagel, bagel version is great. The bagel version is great, and all bagel things are great. Um, which would lead to my third pick. But before I, I take my third pick, um, is a hot dog a sandwich? <sighs> This is this is like the internet like yeah. firestorm, right? And, I know, and, and I know. hamburger falls in the same role.
1: Um, I think uh, near my uh, old apartment in New York City, there was a deli that had a san- had a sign in the window. I may have talked about this on this podcast before. We've been doing it for fifteen years now, so <laughs> this may have come up. But it was my favorite sign in all of New York. It said it was advertising some items you could buy in this deli, and one of the items was. Hot dog sandwich with garnishings, <laughs> one, like one dollar and fifty cents or whatever. <laughs> and so, because of that, I have always considered the hot dog a. I used to laugh at that sign every time I walked past it, and and because of that, I've always said yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. It's to, there are there is bread on either side of some material, technically, and I believe that makes it a sandwich.
0: Yeah, it's technically a sandwich. Um, yeah but it's not a sandwich. It just it's just not. It's just not. I I've I took a quick poll of of the people closest to me in my life uh before I took this draft on and uh I was told that if if I chose either hot dog or hamburger as a sandwich uh that uh I would find my stuff on the like front porch when I got back. <laughs> so, so there I mean it's and people have very very strong feelings about it. I don't I don't know exactly why. Because uh, a Philly cheesesteak is the same sort of shape, makeup, right? Yeah, yeah it's the same makeup. Yeah. Um, but their point was, and, and one that you actually just uh, just deflected, um, was that you never hear people call it a hot dog sandwich or a hamburger sandwich. Right. And right. that's not usually even under the sandwich thing in the menu. It would be under its own... Item, so I don't know I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take a hot dog or a hamburger and so those will be on the board for you uh I am going to take bagels and locks. I think you left that off the board with your breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. um, uh just just perfect, just the perfect breakfast thing i i you know i I'm not. It is something where depends where you are. Bagels uh, tend to be very, very regional. And if you're in New York or you're in Boston or you're in Philly or Cleveland or someplace in the Northeast, you'll you'll you should be able to find a good bagel. If you're in Arizona, it might be tougher. Um, but a bad bagel is still a bagel. It's still fine and locks if it's fresh. I mean, you have to again, you have to be. A little bit careful, but you you have the if the salmon is fresh and they put the the you know, onions on it and whatever, just delicious. Bagel and lox, third pick.
1: Yeah, I, I get it. I'm not a lox guy. Really? Yeah. Not I'm a vegetarian? huge Do you
0: eat uh, fish? I, Are you eating fish?
1: I, I do occasionally uh eat fish, yes. And, and uh, uh so technically I guess I'm a pescatarian. I also pescatarian. have a I also have a general rule that if like if I'm if I'm at a social function or something and it, it's sort of more of a pain in the butt to be a vegetarian or it's like rude. Like if I, for, sometimes I forget to tell people and people will like have a, like a dinner party. Like we went to a dinner party for my kid's school of like, you know, 10 couples or whatever. And like, I didn't mention that I was a vegetarian and they were grilling burgers. And I was like, well, this would be, this would be like embarrassing. to just like, sorry, I'm not eating any of this food. Uh, so I just like ate a burger. And it's fine. But, uh, yeah, I so I do eat fish sometimes. I just don't like locks. I just never have. I don't like wow. it. It does. It's on my taste. I love bagel and cream cheese. I can eat a bagel yeah. and cream cheese like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but I just never – I just can't get on board the locks. Well, the lox you know what? It.
0: Most of the time you don't get the locks. Most of the time yeah. it's a bagel and cream cheese flat out because locks are pretty rare. Um, don't like the little uh, capers. Don't like those. Do not get the caper thing at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Right. Uh, I like generally like bagel and cream cheese, end of story, full stop. Yeah. Uh, all right. So for my pick, this is my third pick now, right? Third pick. Third pick. I'm going with the club.
0: Yeah. A club it.
1: sandwich. It's, a, it's such a great sandwich. I don't miss meat very often, but the kind of meat I miss is the bacon in a club sandwich. Yes. Uh, somehow, the combination of turkey, uh, bacon, lettuce, tomato, mayo, mustard, Like, that is just a great sandwich, man. And I also believe it is the only sandwich that should ever be cut the way that club sandwiches are cut, which is into fourths diagonally. (laughs) It's a dumb way to cut sandwiches. And I don't know why they do it that way, but every place does it that same way. And it's the only... Version. It's the only sandwich that should ever be cut that way. It's a it's a it's a crime to cut a sandwich into fourths <laughs> diagonally unless it's a club sandwich. But for some reason with club sandwiches it works. Uh, it's just a great. It's like it's more fun and interesting than a turkey sandwich. It's more fun and interesting than a BLT. Uh, it's, you know, it's like, it's it's the Snickers bar of sandwiches, right? It's like there are other sandwiches that are like turkey sandwiches. There's also BLTs. There's also like some, there's also like chicken sandwiches, whatever. This is the exact right number of ingredients, of yummy ingredients in one sandwich. And if you remove any of it, if you removed the bacon and it were just a turkey sandwich, you'd be like, man, this would taste better with bacon. If you remove the turkey and you're eating a BLT, you're like, this is good, but it would be better if it were a club sandwich. It like, It's just the right – it's the right textures. It's the right combo. It's a—it's uh, just the – it's a great lunch item.
0: Yes, it's its perfect. Club sandwich is a – actually, it was going to be my fourth pick. Uh, it's a great one. I love the way they cut the club sandwich, and I love when they put the little toothpick on top. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, little little it. frilly no, toothpick.
0: No reason for it. No reason for it at all. No reason to cut it like that, no reason. But it doesn't matter where you are. Like you could be in like a, you know, high-end restaurant uh for lunch or you could be in like, you know, Joe's Corner Shack or whatever and and they would still have it cut that way with the little toothpick in it. So I I I love I love that. I love a club sandwich. I and club sandwich by the way, is the closest thing in this way to the peanut butter and jelly. It's good anytime. I mean, it's not really a breakfast thing, but, you know, after, say
1: – After, uh, like, 10.45 10, in the morning. Exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. It's good until, like, 3 a.m. It's just, like, good yep. for the rest of the day into the night. If you're, if you're, like, really, really hungry at 1 in the morning for no reason, club sandwich is perfect. Love the club sandwich. Great pick. All right, my fourth pick is the po'boy, uh feeding off of my regional uh thing, a po boy that's done well, which might not be possible outside of like Louisiana. I don't I don't know that there are po'boys anywhere, maybe in Texas, maybe they have some or Mississippi or whatever, I don't know. Um but outside of Louisiana, uh I'm not crazy about it. In New Orleans, I, I just don't think there could be anything more delicious than a than a po' boy, and that also has sort of <clears throat> the perfect blend of the shrimp and the lettuce and the tomato and and whatever sauce they're putting on it, and uh, and that's the right exact kind of bun. Po' boy is like a it's a, a piece of genius, it really is, but it's a piece of genius that has to be done by an artisan or else it's no good at all. Yeah. So if you're like in LA and you get a po boy, you, you got to help you cuz that's that's not going to be good. But in New Orleans, uh probably other parts, you know, near water, uh boy po boys delicious.
1: The first time I went to New Orleans, I uh got a po boy for lunch and then I went the, and got a beignet and some chicory coffee and I <laughs> Said out loud to my then girlfriend, now wife, we are the biggest cliches in the world right now, and I don't care because everything I'm eating is delicious. It's so <laughs> delicious. It was so like going to the. It was like going to New York and like climb going to the top of the Empire State Building and then going to the top of the Statue of Liberty <laughs> and then and then going to like a Yankee game like in the same day. But I didn't care because every one of those foods was amazing. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah and by the way, a beignet, obviously not you know in our in our uh, realm today. Again, if you go like anywhere, like you know, there are places in New York and you get a beignet, it's like pfft, whatever, doesn't matter. You get a beignet in New Orleans, and it's the greatest thing ever. It's just there's something about the combination of New Orleans itself and and how cool it is and everything and and just you know how proud they are of of what they do. Um, but yeah, but po' boy beignet, I I could do that every day. I don't care how cliché it is.
1: Um, all right, my fourth pick. I'm going with another sandwich. I can't eat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow, which is uh, a croque madame. Uh, ah. Now, yeah, this is very specific. The more famous sandwich is the croque monsieur. Yeah. This is a French sandwich. It's basically a ham and cheese sandwich, right? With, on on uh, with like French cheese though, not like crummy American cheese, like Gruyere <laughs> or something like delicious and great on some kind of brioche bread that is doused in like some kind of unholy sauce. That only a French chef could have invented, because it has two two hundred thousand calories per cubi- per yeah. cubic millimeter. A croque madame is the same sandwich with a fried egg on the top, and it's like <laughs> you've got to be kidding me! If you didn't already, if you weren't already going to be instantly murdered by a by a, the ham and cheese sandwich coated in absurd sauce, then there's like, well, why don't we put a fried egg on there? And then you, then you'll definitely be murdered. <laughs> a good croque madame sandwich which I've had maybe 12 times in my life is a, it's a meal and a dessert and a vision of a God in the same moment. Like you can't believe how rich and delicious and perfect and amazing it is. And uh, it's, a, I know this is like a weird specialty item that I'm picking here. I, I'm sure this was going to be available at the, the fifth <laughs> slot. I don't care because I have memories. My wife and I went to Paris on our honeymoon uh, Eleven years ago, and I had a croque madame sandwich in Paris, and I, it was the one of the greatest like moment. It was just a random place, and uh, and it was one of the great moments of my life. So I'm going croque madame number four.
0: Yeah, it's a good pick. I've never had a croque madame. I have really? had a no, not never with the fried egg on top, but I have had the the croque monsieur, I guess. And uh, it's it is honestly, and I mean this in the most. Uh, positive way that I can possibly say this, it's like eating delicious butter. For some yeah. reason, it's it's really what it is. I mean, it just it just is. Now, as great as it is, and and as as delicious it is, you're telling me that if you and your wife go to Paris for a an anniversary of some, you will not break out for a croque madame. Sandwich. No,
1: well that was the whole point. Like on our 10 year anniversary we took a trip. We went to Europe and we right. and I and I weaned myself out of vegetarianism because I thought if I go we went back to Paris actually where we had gone on our honeymoon and the whole point was if I'm going to Paris I'm not going to like <laughs> turn down a croque madame. It's not going to happen. You have I mean, one? I, did you
0: have another
1: one? I did not have another one. I don't think on that trip. We were mostly elsewhere. We went to Amsterdam first where I had never been, which was great. And then we were only in Paris for a couple of days. And we, uh, but so, so I didn't, we didn't replicate it, but, um, but we, wherever we went, we just ate whatever we wanted to, which was, uh, you know, which was great.
0: That's what vacation is.
1: That I know. Really that's, is, well, that's why I did, <laughs> I'm on your team, man. I'm telling you, that's why, that's why I did it. That's why we, I stopped being a vegetarian for that trip. It was great. It was the that's right great. choice. Yeah.
0: All right. I've got my fifth pick. There's so many good sandwiches still on the board for me. But I'll get them as free agents because you're not even looking. One and two, you're a vegetarian, so you won't even you won't even go Don't after. Them. Picking,
1: I'm picking meat sandwiches. I'm not. You are, you
0: are picking some meat. You took the club sandwich away from me. I will say that. Um, lots and lots of good sandwiches on the board, but because of I'm confident in my scouts' ability to go out there and get all of these other good sandwiches, uh, with my fifth pick, I am taking the ice cream sandwich
1: as ooh, my fifth pick. Yeah, wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, going completely off the board. I don't need to say how delicious an ice cream sandwich is and and i I'll have it any way that people i mean i can I can have it with you know the the basic which is your chocolate vanilla I think that's the that's the that's the core ice cream sandwich and that's just delicious but you wanna you wanna play around it's sort of like we've you know we've talked about with like you know various candy bars. If you if you want to try to give me something a little different, a little chocolate ice cream inside, I'm okay with that. You want to try to to mix it up a little bit, you know that's cool with me because an ice cream sandwich is just delicious. And and again, one of those things that um, it doesn't matter. It's sort of it's sort of like a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for me, not for you because you your gourmet peanut butter and jelly. But but. Any ice cream sandwich is going to be delicious. You can't mess up an ice cream sandwich.
1: So, I uh, disagree. Wow. Strong, strongly disagree. Really? Yeah. The okay. classic, what you would think of as the classic ice cream sandwich, which is vanilla ice cream between the sort of black uh, right. uh, yeah. chocolate bread thing. I don't know what right. you call it. I've never liked it. Do not like it. Think it's gross.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yep. Sorry, man.
0: <laughs> I don't like any ice cream sandwiches at well, all. Well,
1: there are some like there are some versions of that concept that I like better. For example, if you put that same ice cream between two chocolate chip cookies, now you're talking. <laughs> that kind of ice cream sandwich, but like the kind of crummy, like processed. I don't like the texture of that. What do you even call that chocolate?
0: I don't. I really don't know. It's, it's some sort of. It's some sort of. It's not a wafer, and it's not mm-hmm. a cookie. It's somewhere in between. That's what I'm it.
1: saying. It's yeah. kind of yeah. gross. Like if no, it. It's still I, no, I just don't. I've never liked it. I always they make me kind of feel queasy. I just never, really? never. Yeah, that. And I also think that the ice cream, the quality of the ice cream and ice cream sandwich is often very low. It's not good ice cream. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of crummy, processed, <laughs> boring, bad ice cream. And it's just, and it's. I don't know. I just. I feel like there's better. There's, if you're gonna splurge. And consume the calories of an ice cream sandwich. There's way better versions of a cold ice cream based treat that you should splurge on.
0: What about what about an ice cream sandwich inside waffle cone type thing?
1: No, yeah, still. I mean, you're not
0: a waffle cone guy either.
1: No, I'm a I am a wafer cone guy, not a waffle cone guy. There's a wow. big difference. I'm the flat bottomed wafer cone. That's my that's my cone. I don't like the sugar cone, the pointed classic sugar yeah, cone. Yeah, Hate yeah, it. Right. Don't like it. Don't like the waffle cone particularly. I'm a flat bottomed wafer cone dude, and I feel like I anytime anyone's having an ice cream sandwich, I would rather have a scoop of mint chocolate chip ice cream in one of those cones.
0: A scoop of mint chocolate ice yeah. cream
1: yeah, mint chocolate chip or butter pecan or even just like um even like just a bowl of vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup on it and a, and some nuts. I'd rather have that. Yeah, right. sorry, well,
0: man. Well, that's all right. Hey, that's you know, teach their own. I I'll take the other, I'll take <laughs> all the ice cream sandwiches. I'm fine with that.
1: Well, I was gonna take uh, I was gonna take one more sandwich. I can't eat anymore, which is a Cuban, which I love. Delicious. Yeah, Cuban best. sandwich, just like so. Delicious. Again, so <laughs> decadent and just delicious, and like again, just like.
0: De- Better Miami, right? Better, Better in like, Miami
1: is really only Miami is really kind of the only place you should get it. They exactly. There are some places. There are some places in L.A. where you can get a good Cuban sandwich, wow. um, but ham and pork and cheese and just <laughs> mustard and some a bunch of stuff. You don't even know what it is. Like There's always stuff in a Cuban sandwich. You don't even know. It's just like texture and like it's pickles and there's some kind of spice and there's some kind of little peppery thing and they're just the best. But because I can't eat it anymore, and I've already taken, like, two other sandwiches I can't eat, I'm going to take a sandwich I can eat, which is a little more boring and a little more basic. But I'm picking an egg salad sandwich. There is a, a good egg salad sandwich. It's not exciting. It's not, like, it's not a Cuban. It's not a croque madame. It's not a, it's not a banh mi. It's not, like, going to blow you away. But it's very – it gets the job done for lunch it's a there are good really good egg salad sandwiches that are just eggs and mayonnaise and you get a little onion in there a little chopped onion to get you some good texture rye bread whole wheat bread whatever it is it's again it's not going to like be the best sandwich you've ever had it's not going to change your life but it's a it's kind of to me it's an underrated sandwich so i'll go egg salad number five
0: yeah uh, just horrible, just horrendous. Such a good, <laughs> such a good draft all the way to the end. I hate Excel sandwich. I hate them. <laughs> really, I hate the concept of them. Yeah, and 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 this is very specific, and it's good. This is a great week uh, to talk about this because the Masters uh, is is going on and is very. It's famous for their sandwiches. They they you can buy different sandwiches there, and there there are different groups of people. Uh, what their favorite sandwich is at the Masters. So you have your pimento cheese fans. Are you a pimento cheese person? You can't eat that. No, I'm I not. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Disgusting. So the pimento cheese sandwich is they're very, very popular among a certain group of people, including my wife. My wife loves the pimento cheese. Then there's the egg salad people, which is actually a very substantial percentage of the people who go to the Masters. They live for the egg salad sandwich. Like, there's any difference between any egg salad sandwich ever. Uh, love their egg salad. And then there's the, the, the chicken sandwich, which is delicious. Just absolutely delicious. And it's not close. I mean, it's the, the other two sandwiches are, are gross, and, and the chicken sandwich is awesome, uh, and yet I've had to fight for 20 years with people down there um, because they insist on the egg salad sandwich, and I just... Ugh, just horrible. Just uh, I, I don't even get it. I don't know why it ever was invented. I look. I I like eggs. It's fine. I don't. I don't want it on a sandwich. And I certainly don't want it on a sandwich with, like, chopped up with stuff. Gross. Just keep away from me.
1: Um, I want to say two things before we go here. Uh, <laughs> number one is, it should be noted that a lot of people eat egg salad sandwiches on white bread. Okay. And. <laughs> I would like to state unequivocally, for the record, there is no sandwich of any kind for which white bread is acceptable. No, would you? Would you agree?
0: I would. I would agree. I would agree. Now, th- the problem is, I mean, I don't know how it is with your kids. It's you know, that we we got them now because they're they're you know, closing in. Once a teenager, once almost a teenager. But when they were little, there was there was no hope of I mean, eating, having them eat anything except for white bread.
1: Oh, my I, kids was, have never had white bread.
0: That's awesome. See, that yeah. was great. We we once they had it, they weren't going back. That was it.
1: No, I, like- the, I I think white bread is an abomination, and there is no <laughs> sandwich in any nation on earth in any scenario where white bread is acceptable. That's number one. Number two is going back one real quick to your uh, to the hot dog question. Yeah. When it, this reminded me when my wife and I were in Paris on our honeymoon, we were walking down the Champs Elysees, and there was a there's vendors who sell hot dogs on the uh on the Champs-Élysées and elsewhere in Paris. But the way that they do hot dogs is the best way ever to do a hot dog, which is they they take a baguette, they cut it in half basically down the middle. Not not like uh so there's a top and a bottom, but they just cut the actual baguette in half. Right. Then there's like a metal pole and that's the that's the size and shape of a hot dog. And they take the baguette and they like jam it down the length of the of the little metal pole. So it creates a hot dog shaped like hole thi- like in the okay. baguette. Right. Then they squeeze like mustard or whatever you want or uh, whatever you want into the hole. And then they just put the hot dog right into the hole. So you have a hot dog, but it, the bread is completely encircling the hot dog. And both for the novelty of it and also because it's you're in Paris and you're on your honeymoon. And because it's like a Parisian baguette instead of a crummy hot dog bun, when we ate them, I was like, oh, this is literally the best, not just the best hot dog I've ever had, the best food I've ever had in my life. (laughs) But to to the question, is a hot dog a sandwich? That version of a hot dog seems a lot more like a sandwich, doesn't it? When you think about
0: it, it, well, I mean, yes, I mean, obviously, one one thing my daughter said when I mentioned the hot dog is a sandwich is she said, well, it's kind of like an open face sandwich, which is, you know, I guess true, because right if you had a steak in there, you would call it a steak sandwich, right? Um, But no, in some ways, what what you're describing sounds in some ways less than a sandwich in that it is, it's like a, it's like a uh Hot dog, uh, encrusted. You know, I mean, it, it's like a, it's like a thing. It's like a, you know, the way they they make it, which sounds, by the way, unbelievably delicious. I, by the way, I I would like one of those like now. Yeah, like I I would want one now. All right, I'm asking you about three sandwiches, and then it's time for one last thing, uh, the French dip fan no fan not you can't eat anymore you won't be able yeah. to eat any of these anymore but are you a uh, fan or no
1: the ones that i remember having had i liked but i but i didn't like go crazy for him like i okay. did for a croak right. um, i croak
0: like the french dip i don't know that i get why it's the one thing they bring stuff to dip it in i don't quite get that like the whole au jus thing i don't quite get that yeah uh a euro, are you a Euro guy
1: not a Euro guy no wow yeah i mean i don't i don't mind them i'll I'll eat 'em but uh but i'm not it doesn't like excite me all right, and then the last one the monte Cristo monte Cristo, I do like monte Cristo to me falls in the same general like, category dirty. yeah it's like yeah. uh you it's like this is should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah. that's like that's basically what the croque madame is, except it's on French toast. It's on
0: French toast, right? Yeah,
1: that. which is absurd. I mean, it's like it lit- it literally is dessert. I mean, they put sugar on it, don't they? Don't they? Don't they you do put powdered they sugar on powder
0: it? sugar right on
1: a Monte Cristo? Well, that's ridiculous. So, I mean, oh, that, it's, that's so not okay. You shouldn't. <laughs> that shouldn't be allowed.
0: It is okay. No, it's it's not. It's not. <laughs> All right, time for one last meaningless thing. To end this meaningless thing.
1: It's one. about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible, places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe, the podcast, whoa, it's one last woe.
0: And I don't know who goes first, so... Know. You
1: uh, go ahead, because you, you took the... I'm giving this to you, too, and I'm throwing yeah, this in I, the trade. I get, the, the, in I the get trade. These first,
0: too. <laughs> All right, I was watching... Uh, Louis C.K. was was on one of the shows the other day, um, and he was talking about how uh, naps are the greatest thing on Earth, which I'm totally... He, he and I are almost exactly the same age, and I'm totally with him. For my one last meaningless thing, I, it's really it's my contribution, I think, to society... Which is to tell people that assuming you are doing an afternoon nap, the correct time to do it is 24 minutes. That is how long <laughs> your afternoon nap should be. It's 24 minutes is exactly the right time where – and you don't have to like get up and go anywhere after 24 minutes. But you wake up and you slowly kind of move because anything longer than that, it, it's like too groggy. It, it, it takes too long. And if you that, you're like, I didn't really – that one didn't even feel like a nap. So I've done some study on this and 24 minutes is the per- correct time for an afternoon nap.
1: Interesting. All right. I think that's about right. Cause <laughs> yeah, if you, you're right. If you, if you end if you sleep too long, the but nap, bad. uh, it, it, you, you click over into some kind of REM sleep or something. And then right. you, um, you end up get waking up and you're disoriented and you're sweaty and groggy. And right. It <laughs> ruins a it. It ruins a nap. Yeah. Then
0: it's like, Oh, I almost wish I didn't do that. Almost. um, but anything shorter, like, if you have, like, 15 minutes and your phone rings or something, like, that nap didn't count. That, that was terrible. So, yeah. yeah, 24 minutes. That's the exact time. Um,
1: my one last meeting of this thing is, a, is, a, uh, is baseball-related, which yes. is that my son plays in a nine-and-under uh, league, pony league, uh, here in Los Angeles, and he's on the Royals. Ooh, and this nice. year, yes, last year he was on the Marlins, and this year he's on the Royals. <laughs> so, so and, just
0: yeah. <laughs> obscure teams in LA, basically. Just you well, just you obscure. know what? You know the way they do it
1: is they they don't have the Dodgers, the Angels, um, oh, or see. the Giants because right. people's passions run too high, and too many people want to be on those teams or don't want to, if they had yeah, the giants yeah. kids wouldn't want to be on the team or whatever. So they eliminate the, um, the California teams, Padres, so do up,
0: Padres or, or do they, nobody care about the Padres? I don't
1: think there's any, I don't think there's any Padres. I think they eliminate okay. all California. There's no A's. There's no, uh, there may be A's actually. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway. Um, the point is he's on the Royals and, uh, and I have found uh, unsurprisingly that last year when they were on, the, when he was on the Marlins, uh, I found myself kind of rooting for the real Marlins a little bit, you know, <laughs> like I, like one, maybe one to 6% more than I would normally, sure. and I would sort of say like, hey, buddy, the Marlins won, and he kind of liked that too, that they would win, and, and then he kind of got into Giancarlo Stanton and liked yeah, watching Giancarlo, yeah. and got sad when Stanton got injured and stuff, and, and I was like, oh, I guess that was like a little bit of a fluke, but now he's on the Royals, and now I'm like... I'm finding myself kind of rooting for the for the Royals. And it, it's just like a yet another example of how just tribalistic we are. Yes. You know, where like, I don't even know if tribalistic is the right uh, adjective there. Tribal? Maybe just tribal. Probably, how tribal probably. we are. Yeah. yeah where like, just because I, every Saturday, my son puts on a Royals jersey and he goes and plays in a game. And then like, when I'm looking at baseball scores and I see the word Royals, I'm like, oh, I want that team to do well, <laughs> which is so silly and yet, and if you think about it, it's no sillier than the fact that I want the Red Sox to do well or any other t- person wants any other team to do well. Uh, but I, I just, that kind of amused me when I realized that it wasn't a fluke that this year that, that it switched from... I'm being, I, Instead of being 6% more interested in the Marlins, I'm now 6% more interested in the Royals.
0: I have a friend uh, who is a Brewers fan. He's never lived anywhere near Milwaukee. Never... Never been, as far as I know, I'm sure he's been to Milwaukee now since he's he's gone to Brewers games, I'm sure, uh, but never, never, he grew up like in Florida or something and nowhere near, but he he played Little League and the year he had his best year, he played on a team called the Brewers. That's literally the reason he became a lifelong Brewers fan. Right. Uh, and I have another friend who lives in England who is, and I can't remember the reason, but I remember it being incredibly ridiculous. Uh, he's a Padres fan. He's a San Diego Padres fan, and he'll call me or, or email me just with Padres. He lives in like he lives in London now, but he grew up in like northern England, and and he's a Padres fan, which is awesome. I could not love that more. Uh, tell tell me a little bit more about uh, your son's league. Is it like an overhand pitching league? Is it coach pitch? What's oh yeah, up? no,
1: no, no. This is uh, this is Los Angeles. Kids are good at at sports out here, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they coach pitch is gone after like seven, I think, and and uh, yeah, it's all it's all kid pitch. I am actually, uh, I should, uh, for full disclosure, I am the commissioner of the nine and under pony oh, league. Yes, I no. I, How I many fines
0: have you already given I, out?
1: I I I was. I, they need volunteers. It's all volunteer, <laughs> obviously, and they needed a commissioner. The commissioner couldn't be one of the coaches, and so they asked me to do it because I'm involved. You know, I'm very involved in my uh, in my son's uh, baseball, sure, budding baseball course. career, so I'm always around. So they asked me to do it, and I said yes. And um, it's very funny. Uh, so you know, they, there's a, there's pony rules, and then there's also local league rules. And I kind of like looked them over and kind of tried to get a, a handle on them, and then. Uh, I was at the opening day games. My son's game was at, like, you know, sometime in the early afternoon. And then there was a second game. There's only five teams in each age division, five or six teams. Okay. So I went to the other game that wasn't my son's game just to sort of be there and make sure things were going smoothly. And uh, the pitcher uh, came to the set and then kind of, like, faked to first base but didn't hadn't stepped off the rubber and got a balk warning because there's actually balks in this league. I mean, this wow. is, like, serious stuff, yeah. And uh, so we got a balk warning and, uh, and then there was, uh, and then it happened again about 30 seconds later and the ump said, okay, that's a second time. So that's a balk. So runner go to second base. And then one of the other coaches said, no, 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 it's, you get two warnings per pitcher. And then the other coach said, I thought it was one warning per pitcher. And I saw exactly what was happening. I was like, oh no, 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 no. And then they all, they knew I was there. I would just been talking to the two coaches cause I know them. They're my buddies. And they looked, and everyone turned and looked at me. And, like, you know, the the 35 or so parents who were gathered around 40 oh. parents also turned and looked at me and waited for, like, a ruling. And I knew exactly what I had to do, which was I had to speak with very straightforward confidence. Authority. I, Perfect and they, authority. And they turned to look at me, and they said, is it one or two? And I went, it's two warnings. And they went, <laughs> okay, two warnings, so that's your second warning. So then I was like, "Okay, guys, I got to take off. Uh, good luck with everything." And I walked in, and I looked at the. I opened up the rules on my phone. It was one more. Was it? No, it was two. I got it right.
0: Oh, you got it right!
1: That's <laughs> <Yeah. awesome. laughs> you got Instinct. it was perfect. Yeah, and right, uh, so. and then I got a uh, a letter in the mail, uh, a FedEx envelope from Roger Goodell, <laughs> finding me for being a better commissioner than he is. <laughs>
0: My question for you then is: What are you doing to speed up the game? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what? The, these games don't need to be speeded up. There's an hour and thirty-five. Uh, no new inning can start after an hour and thirty-five minutes, and there's a two-hour drop-dead time limit. So can you're we are good
0: to major league baseball. So you can end like in the fifth inning.
1: Oh, most of the games don't get anywhere near the fifth inning. Most of the games end in the third inning. There's also a there's a five run mercy rule per half inning, so it moves it along. And you know, uh, it's but, but the games this year in the nine U division have been incredibly exciting. There's been three ties. There's been three other games settled by one with a one run margin. There's a lot of like last second, like crazy. You know, uh, you know, it's two minutes before the drop dead moment and like the winning run scores. It's, it's been like a. It's been like a really fun. Uh, season, I'm thinking it probably has something to do with my commissionership. Yeah, sure, right. It does. Yeah, Yo, I yeah, would yeah. think
0: so. <laughs> you guys, do, do they throw the four pitches on intentionally walking?
1: Uh, <laughs> there's no intentional walks. That is one of the rules. I remember that. No That's intentional awesome. walks. <laughs> yeah, so, no intentional hey. walks. And how do they do
0: that? How do they? How do they? How do they? Because I I would bring that to Major League Baseball. How do? How do you? How do you as commissioner make sure there are no intentional walks?
1: Well, you know, when nine year olds are pitching from forty six feet away, <laughs> most of the pitches are balls. <laughs> so right. there's plenty of unintentional walks. Um, if you had to moneyball nine U baseball uh, in this league, you would say like if you can have if you find pitchers who can literally throw strikes, you're going to win a lot of games. It's almost all about just throwing strikes. Um, But you know, what's interesting is, you know, this is, you see why so many kids uh, from California are the kid. If California, Florida, Arizona, Texas, it's, you know, they, my son plays baseball 10 months a year. I mean, he literally took off basically December and January and plays the, the new season starts in, in like, you know, late February, early March. And he plays, he'll play straight through November. Basically. It's it's insane. And yeah,
0: other than your own son, I'm sure that you have watched games, even even in a nine year old thing, even with all the walks and all the other things, where you've looked at at least one player and gone, oh yeah, that guy's gonna be in the major leagues. Look at oh, guy.
1: I mean, there's no, there's a guy here, there's a guy who uh, does like private lessons and stuff, and he was, yeah, I was talking to him at the last game. And he's the swing coach for this 15 year old in Orange County whose name I can't remember. Um, but he, this kid's 15. He's already projected to be a number one oh. draft choice with like a like a 12 million dollar signing bonus. <laughs> and he showed me videos of this kid. And this kid's 15. And he's you know he's six one. He's 15. He's like six feet tall. Right. And He's just a absolutely perfect oh. balanced left handed Bryce Harper kind of swing. And yeah, that I mean, but it's also like those kids are identified really early out here, sure, and then they sure. get to get so many more reps than kids. I grew up in Connecticut. I played baseball two months a year cuz that's the only those you couldn't start playing and the ground was still frozen in April you couldn't really right. start playing until May and you play May June July you know these kids are playing year round and they're getting so many more reps and like I I believe you know my son's there's a, I don't think my son's 9U team could have beaten my 12-year-old little league team but it would have right. been close, it like, been close. <laughs> <it would've> been, <laughs> like they would have given us a game and uh, and you just see it. it's like you totally get it like these kids are getting four five six times as much practice as kids are in the northeast or in the or in you know minnesota or wherever and you tell you do you totally understand why why so many athletes are from this area well
0: and and i'll say this i mean just to give myself a, a little plug uh, if you want to go to mlb.com uh, this weekend, I'm I'm writing a piece about why teams missed on Mike Trout because uh, there's going to be a a cool Mike Trout documentary uh, on MLB Network on on Sunday, and uh, so I'm writing a little Mike Trout piece on why teams missed on him, and that's the reason. The, I mean, it's you know there are, there are several reasons, but the reason is he was in New Jersey, he didn't play that much baseball, uh, there weren't that many opportunities to see him, he was late on the scene because of all that. If, if Mike Trout had grown up in California. He would have been identified at thirteen, probably, and and uh, and it would have been, you know, it would have been. He would have probably been the first overall pick. So, yeah, it's really that is very very interesting. So that's awesome. We have to keep getting commissioner updates from you.
1: Yes, yeah, so let's start a new segment, uh, <laughs> commissioner. What's the name uh, of the league? Uh, it's the Wilshire Warriors, is the name of the league. Yeah. The
0: Wilshire Warriors. Yeah. Yes. We will hear from Wilshire Warriors, Commissioner.
1: Commissioner 9U, Commissioner Mike Shore <laughs> will give you updates every week about, uh, about what's going on. Yeah.
0: Uh, yet another thing for people not to listen to. So,
1: <laughs> as always, thank you. Thanks for having me.